Welcome to r slash Entitled Parents, where an entitled mother tries to kill a dog and instead gets sent to jail. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey. I don't know about you, but I do literally 100% of my shopping online. Because of COVID, I pretty much have to shop online because, yeah, I don't want to catch COVID and die. But on top of that, I read stories for a living, so I can't afford to sound like this for three weeks straight. Don't you hate it when you get to checkout and you don't have a code to put in that little promo code box? With Honey, you never have to leave that box empty. Honey is a free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and automatically applies them to your cart. For example, I buy a lot of audio equipment and I just saved 15 bucks on a microphone with Honey at checkout. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. I'd never recommend something that I don't use. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash r slash. That's joinhoney.com slash r slash. Our next Reddit post is from Halfway Gone 2. Many years ago, I was living in a beautiful sunny southern state. I had a cute little house that was completely fenced in. It was 5 feet tall in the front, 8 feet tall on the sides, and 10 feet tall in the back. I'm fortunate enough to work from home, and my office was my patio unless it was raining. My dog, Sari, who's a German Shepherd Rottweiler mix, kept me company. At just a year old, she was a big girl at 120 pounds. She was generally very sweet and kind, but protective. She was well-trained, but also had a knack for disappearing to play with her animal friends, so I kept her on a chain too if we were outside. High school kids in the area had the tendency to use the alleyway behind my house to get to and from school. Most would stop and say hi to Sari to give her attention. She loved it. I honestly didn't mind. One day, I noticed that any time Sari was alone outside, some kid would rattle the back fence, throw things at it, and scream and yell at Sari. The kids would run off before I could see who they were. In case things got worse, I bought some security cameras and brought Sari with me anytime I went inside when the kids would be around. One day, I had to grab some work in the house and I left Sari outside, just for a moment. From inside, I heard the fence rattle and then Sari yelp in pain. I rushed outside just in time to see a bunch of kids throw a rock at Sari. I was pissed. As I rushed over to Sari, I calmly asked them, Did you ever stop to wonder why I keep my dog chained in a fenced yard? Then I unhooked her. Sari ran at the back of my fence and climbed over it. The kids started running down the alley with Sari right behind them, barking away. I let her go about a half block and then I whistled for her. She came trotting back, happy as can be. I checked her over and gave her a treat. She was fine. A couple of hours later, one of the kids came back with his entitled mother. You effing b-word! You had your dog attack my son! He was only having a fun time! He's just a boy! But the kid was like 16 years old. You scared him! It was a joke! You had no right to do that! I'm calling the police and having that dog effing shot! I literally couldn't get a word in. Then she started threatening me, so I called the cops. The operator could hear her plain as day, even though the entitled parent was at least 40 feet from me. The police showed up with two cars in about five minutes. Two officers came to talk to me, and the other two talked to the entitled parent and her son. The entitled mother never stopped screaming and cussing. I explained what happened, and I showed the security footage to the officers. I showed them all of Sari's vet and training paperwork. I filed a report and asked to press charges. 
The officers were even petting Sari, who, all the while, was demanding attention from her new friends. She had her happy face on. Me, the two cops, and Sari, who was on a leash, went outside towards the other group of officers. We were about 10 feet from them, when suddenly Sari cuts in front of me and starts growling. The skin around her face went tight, making it look like a hair-covered skull. The hair on her back rose up. This made the entitled mother start screaming. See? That B-word raised that dog to attack black people, you effing racist grunt! That effing dog needs to be put down. What's funny about this is that the two officers that were with me were African Americans, so no. I moved back towards my house, and as quietly as I could, I told the officer that either the entitled parent or the kid was carrying a gun. That's why Sari started getting protective. This had happened several times before. So the cops decided to search the entitled parent and the kid. The entitled parent had an unregistered gun. The kid had a 6-inch switchblade, which is not legal in our state. So, in addition to a charge of animal cruelty, they got nailed for carrying a concealed weapon, being in possession of a firearm while on probation, and resisting arrest and a couple of other charges. The entitled parent never stopped screaming the entire time this happened and while being driven away. I don't think that's how the entitled parent or the kid expected to end the day, but I enjoyed it. Even better, I never saw the entitled parent or her kid again, and the kid stopped harassing Sari. Man, OP, you're really lucky that neither you nor your dog got shot in that situation. Instead, the entitled parent managed to shoot herself in the foot, metaphorically speaking, and ended up in jail. Our next Reddit post is from Throwaway Coco Girl. I'm a 27-year-old woman, and I had an older brother who died in 2014. He was the older brother that any girl wanted, and we were close. He taught me valuable lessons in life, such as cooking, driving, and never giving up. He introduced me to anime manga, we would go on little road trips, and he would flat-out ignore our parents' favoritism with my younger brother. Sadly, he died during a shooting. He wasn't a criminal, just an innocent bystander. The police investigated and found that he wasn't involved in any illegal activity. One of the bullets killed him instantly. He was 25 and I was 19. I'd be lying if I said that I didn't fall into a deep depression. It got to the point where I stopped eating and I lost around 55 pounds in a month and a half after his passing. I only drank water and milk and that would fill me up. I just didn't want to get better, until one day, my former sister-in-law called me to tell me that he left me some things. I met up with her, and the stuff that he left behind was an album of Polaroid pictures of our crazy adventures, graphic anime t-shirts, and a chain with both of our initials. I was in tears and decided to get help because he would love to see me happy and not die of sadness. It's been years since his passing, and I'm doing a lot better, and I have a tradition that on his birthday I would leave flowers by his grave. Then I would hang around for a few minutes and sing him happy birthday. My therapist said that this was a good idea. However, my parents, younger brother, and aunt decided to have an intervention thinking that I was doing something satanic. That I was calling out to the dead, that they should have thrown the things he left me in the garbage, and that I should attend their church to see if the Lord gets those diabolical ideas out of your head. I was shocked and told them that I won't stop doing this tradition and I won't be attending their church. I said that this is their oldest son, and if they keep behaving like this, I won't feel bad at all for having to go no contact with them. They kept on yelling at me, and my aunt went as far as to throw holy water at me. 
I had had it with them, and I told them that when they stop being religious nuts, then we can talk again. But right now, I want nothing to do with them. I left before any of them could say anything, and it's been a week since the incident, and I've blocked their numbers. I just saved myself from toxic family members, and I won't ever go back there again. Okay, so OP is going through like a very normal and healthy grieving process, and they think that she's being like a necromancer summoning the dead with satanic magic. If they think that visiting a grave is bad, then I'd like to see these people react to Dia de los Muertes in Mexico. Our next Reddit post is from Shy Girl Turned Sassy. I lived in Melbourne, Australia for about a year. There, I met a gorgeous same-sex couple, Brian and Derek. They were both bisexual. They lived in the same building as me on the floor directly above mine. I soon entered into an adult relationship with both of them. We would have threesomes and sometimes gangbangs. Because of the awesome passionate hugging, I became really good friends with them and were still in touch. It was tons of fun for everyone involved. Among my neighbors were a middle-aged couple with two kids. They lived right across the hallway from me and were quick to judge us after seeing Brian and Derek exiting my apartment early in the morning on more than one occasion. The woman, Karen, asked me in the elevator what I was doing with those two gays. I politely told her that it was none of her business. When she kept on pestering me, I told her, If you must know, I'm friends with benefits with them. Now leave me alone. I still remember the look of shock on her face. I don't think that she expected me to reply so brazenly. When I told Brian and Derek about this, they shared their own experience in dealing with them. That couple was rather homophobic too, and had tried to talk to the property manager about the F-words moving into the building with families and children. They were told to F off in so many words, but anytime either or both of these guys were in the elevator with them or ran into them in the parking lot, the husband, Todd, would stand between them and his kids while giving Brian and or Derek angry looks. He must have been trying to prevent their kids from catching the gay, lol. In the weeks that followed, the entitled couple continued to give me the stink eye anytime they saw me. I just smiled back at them sweetly, which pissed them off even more. On one occasion, their teenage daughter said good morning to me and tried to make small talk, before her mother dragged her away by the arm while berating her for talking to that woman. Interestingly, their kids seemed very well behaved and nice, and I truly felt sorry for them. My next door neighbor, another couple with kids with whom I got along very well, later told me that the entitled mother had tried to get them to file a noise complaint against me. According to the entitled mother's logic, since I shared a wall with that family, they could probably hear all the ungodly noises coming from my apartment, and they should complain to protect their children. The nice couple told them they would do no such thing because it never bothered them, and they had never heard any such noises coming out of my apartment. One night, Brian, Derek, and I decided to have a foursome that would involve the three of us and one of their friends, Dean. The next morning, Dean asked if he could come back to my place with me. Since it was Sunday morning and Dean was hotter than hell, I agreed. As he and I were walking down the hallway to my place, Karen was just getting out of hers. She saw Dean and I smiling and talking with his arm around my waist, and she approached me, angrily asking if I was being a whore selling your body. I told her that she was insane and kindly asked her to F off. Later that day, I received a call from the property manager. She wanted to let me know that Karen and Todd had complained that I was a prostitute and that it was dangerous for their kids to be in the same building as me. They told her in great detail about how I was bringing home different men. 
The property manager had gotten to know Brian and Derek quite well and had an inkling that I was friends with them. So she contacted them and they told her all about the entitled parents' crazy behavior and accusations. And the man that they had seen me with was a mutual friend and there was no prostitution going on. The property manager dissuaded the entitled parents from filing any sort of false complaint against me because it would cause a world of trouble for them. I thanked that kind lady and later had a good chuckle over it with Brian and Derek. The blatant harassment from Karen and Todd had stopped, but of course, the hateful looks continued. On one occasion, when we were in the elevator together, Karen tried to make a pathetic attempt at shaming me by condescendingly asking if I was going to have any men over that night. What she didn't realize is that me feeling shame about my promiscuity is something that I'm entirely incapable of feeling. I proceeded to tell her in great detail about all the adult acts that I was going to engage in that evening. I mean, she's the one who asked, right? After this fun little interaction, she and her husband avoided me completely. Good times. OP, the even funnier thing would have been when she asked you if you have any guys over, you could have said, Well, I think your husband was over at 6. Or was it 7? I don't know, he comes over so often it's hard to keep track. Our next Reddit post is from Aging Gay Man. I haven't seen my mother since I was 16 and we were in court. So for 19 years, I haven't had any contact with my mother. She hired a private investigator to find me, and I still refuse to talk to her. I even had my lawyer send her a formal letter of no contact and threatened her with a restraining order. Then, she sent this following email to me through my work email. To OP, this is your mother. I thought that you would have matured by now and came to apologize to me and your father for what you put us through. Because of you, your father lost his teaching career and we had to sell our house. However, it's come to my knowledge that you own some properties in my area, so it's only right if you give us one of them as an apology. One of your most expensive properties would be a good fit for us. As soon as you hand over the keys to the property, we can finally be able to start to heal and get past this misunderstanding that you blow out of proportion. I hope that you come to the right decision. Signed, your mother. I just can't stop laughing at this. Like, no, I'm not giving you anything. This is just another bit of evidence to help me get a restraining order against her. Man, alright, so this is like a really short post and it doesn't have any context. So as I was reading, I was thinking, huh, I wonder why OP was in court and why he's been no contact for 19 years. That's kind of strange behavior. (laughs) And then by the end of the post, I'm like, ah, okay, yeah, I got it. I got you. Don't worry. I I understand now. And then OP posted an update. Guess who else is on Reddit and just so happened to see my post? I got another email from my mother demanding an apology for making her look bad on social media. She's now given me a deadline to hand over the keys to my house. I forgot to mention that the most expensive property that she requested is my own family's home. This is the house where my husband and my stepkids live. But she's willing to compromise and take the apartment that I bought from my auntie. Oh, and I'm also supposed to let my younger sister, who I've never met, use my two-bedroom apartment for free. I mean, she read my post and saw over 600 comments about how crazy and entitled she is, and she still thinks that she's right. She emailed me on my work email and left fake reviews online with her actual name, which has given me more evidence for a restraining order against her. So, I guess that I should thank her for making this so easy for me. 
Hey, so since OP's mom is active on Reddit, it stands to reason she's probably also active on YouTube. So, lady, if you're out there and you happen to stumble across this video, why don't you scroll down to the comments? I'm sure that my fans have some choice words about exactly what kind of mother you are. That was our slash entitled parents, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.